0: Father, uh, this isn't something I'm, I'm truly ready to talk about, as if it's something I have mastered. and um, But I feel like you've asked me to talk. And so I just pray that it would be your words, that you would speak through me, that I'd be a, a vessel, and we can all work in um, seeking you together. And so I just pray that you would be speaking through me and moving hearts. And praise in Jesus' name, amen. OK, so what I want to talk about is the fear of man. And ironically, I've had more fear of man prepping for this talk than any other, which would probably just give me some practice on. And as I said in my prayer, I think it's great to speak on something that you have really wrestled through and and done well yourself to be able to teach on it. And that is not something I feel like I'm there in this. Sure, to to degrees, you know, but it's a whole spectrum. Everybody faces this fear of man in different ways. Honestly, I kind of tried to get out of it a number of ways, but I felt like the Lord was telling me to, so here I am. So hopefully it can be something we can learn together, practice together. And if nothing else, I just created the biggest CD group where you can all keep me accountable. So fear of man. It was put on my heart because at a prayer night a little while back, someone brought it up as a request. And and I just felt it on my heart, I'll get to kind of um, my thoughts on that later, but um, it's what, what led me to want to talk about this. But what is the fear of man? So let's, let's start with the man part first, OK? I'm going to illustrate this with a little joke. My son told me this about a month ago. He shared with me. This woman was scuba diving with a, with a group, and she's swimming along. And this great white shark is coming at the group. And so one person goes and hides against the rocks, and another buries himself in the sand. Another one takes off for the boat, and she's just Cucumber and great white sharks coming by, and luckily swims right on past her. And every, once everybody gets out, gets out of the water, gets in the boat, you know, everybody's freaked out. Like, we lived. What was going on with you? Like, are you just that crazy, or brave, or what? She's like, No, no. I heard a long time ago that great whites are man killers. <laughs> so, fear of man is not just males. This is a mankind. This is a people, human. Okay, we'll go on and say. Fear of man, um, that's the way we see it translated in the Bible. But this is, um, we can, like a man can have a fear of a woman in the same, in some of the same ways. So what is the fear of man? Fearing the effects of another human is the fear of man. How will they affect me? And, um, pretty loud there how will they affect me and how um uh fear of what that is so i saw three different areas where where we face the fear of man and the first one being actual physical harm right someone could harm me um and i want to stop here for a minute because we are going to talk about uh how we deal with fear of man and there there are some differences right we're going to even see a verse that Uh, Where people are called into dangerous situations, and they're told not to fear, okay? But this is where God called them into, and I want to make this clear distinction that if there is physical threat to you, that this isn't a God called you into this missionary situation, get help. Get out, okay? I'm afraid, and I'm being abused, and I should stay here because we shouldn't fear man. As a matter of fact, Jesus had an opportunity, right? Satan was tempting him after 40 days of fasting, and I can't imagine how unright in the head I'd be, but I should have said that because Jesus was good. But still, Satan tempts him to jump off a cliff because God the Father wouldn't let him strike his foot, right? Well, Jesus, having no fear of man, should have done it, right? No, because it also says... Don't test the Lord your God. So if we're putting ourselves into a situation saying, well, I shouldn't fear man, okay, you're, you're claiming something for God to do for you that he didn't ask you to be there. So, so you're really just testing him, not being obedient. Um, okay, actual fear. Fear people's influence on our situation, job, school, living situation, etc. So if I'm not nice to so-and-so, uh, things might go bad for me, right? Um, fun with people I see right now. I've got Jericho in the back. Is about to do some training in Marlena. You know, may- Maybe he lets her cut in her line in front of him. and cuts someone else off because, ooh, training might go bad if I'm not super nice to Marlena. Um, third being a rejection, okay? We all have a deep longing to be accepted, approved, appreciated, loved, respected, these are all sort of different flavors of this, um, of this acceptance. And we have a fear of any loss of this. Crazy fear, right? We'll, we'll be worried about, worried about a stranger thinks of us. Um, I, I told you I had a lot of different things. I've got one of my kids' water bottles today because mine was dirty and whatnot. I found myself saying to someone, like, oh, I feel so weird. I got my kids. I'm like, oh, golly, what am I talking about today? Dumbest things, right? Was anybody going, oh, man, look at the water bottles in house. Nobody here? Oh, Tad, Tadless. Okay. So we, we fear these, these things. Um, and I'm going to go into talking about one of the, the key pieces to that, to combating that, is a fear of God instead. But I want to point something out that uh, a mistake I was making that, that Tad helped me with is a fear of man over God isn't just something to do less of and do more of fearing God, it's an actual sin. And so we need to deal with it as a sin. We need to repent, we need to recognize that, repent and turn to God. But I also think we can't just not fear man because we are created as relational beings and, and we are finite and we are fragile. And so if we said right now, this air, we shouldn't breathe this air, ready? Wait, I shouldn't have taken a breath. That was more air. I should breathe it out. I'm not going to make it very long. I'm going to probably make a minute. My lungs aren't that great. Maybe some of you can make three minutes. Let's even say you made 10. That's still not not breathing this air. We only have the option to breathe different air or die. So in like sense, if we're going to not fear man, we need to direct that, that need for that approval somewhere else. Okay, but a few verses. What does the Bible say on the fear of man? Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. I'm going to jump through a lot of stuff today. There's only a couple that I'm going to hang out long, which is actually really hard, because so I want to hang out in most of these. Uh, Deuteronomy 1, 15 through 17. Uh, this is Moses reminding the people of Uh, how he he set up judges over them. And one of the instructions to the judges was this. Uh, So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and experienced men, and appointed them heads over you, leaders of thousands and of hundreds, of fifties and of tens, and officers for your tribes. Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, hear the case between your fellow countrymen and judge righteously between a man and his fellow countrymen or the alien who is within them. Here's the point. You shall not Show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. The case, okay, we'll skip that part. Um, so one of the things this, this illustrates is when we fear man, we're taking away from our attention on God, because that's where we should be at. Isaiah points that out as well. Isaiah 51, 5 through 8. My righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait for me, and my arm they will wait. Sorry, for my arm, they will wait expectantly. Lift up your eyes to the skies, then look to the earth beneath. For the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not wane. Listen to me. You who know righteousness, a people in whose heart is my law, do not fear the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them like a garment, and the grub will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. You see, we look to such small things, the things that are going to wear out. The sky is going to disappear like smoke. The earth is going to wear out like a garment, and people with it. And that's what we're looking for approval. That's what we're um, seeking. It, it's it's a sad, gross thing, really. Um, it, it's uh, taking God off his throne and elevating temporary things in his place. Uh, jumping down to 12. I, even I, am he who confronts you. Oh, it's like comforts you um who are you that you are afraid of man who dies and the son of man who is made like grass this by the way this son of man is not referring to jesus this is simply children of men who are also just people okay so isaiah started showing us this contrast of fear of god fear of man right god is eternal and and his judgments are right um and our, our fear of people is just ignoring him. And so I really liked David and Saul for looking at the contrast between how they responded in 1 Samuel fifteen thirty, Saul has just disobeyed to the point um, that he's told that the kingdom will be taken away from him, okay? And here's his response. Then he said, I have sinned, but please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and go back with me that I may worship the Lord your God. It wasn't worshiping God that he was worried about. He's worried about the sight of people. What, what are the people going to think? I am so great in their eyes. I need to stay there. In contrast that to David, I think you can look in a lot of places. But um, And I'm uh, taking longer than expected, so I might try to cut this partial. Look to Psalm 51 is is just a very um, poignant difference in how David looks at things. He wasn't looking for um, him to be exalted. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Uh, I was going to read further, but um, I hope that gives you the flavor of, um, of David's heart here. He's like, let me be laid low and you glorified, O God. And he, he's throwing himself on God's mercy. That's his concern rather than, than his own greatness. Um, So, if we're saying, don't look to men for this approval, don't look to men for your security in the future, um, and we need to look to God instead, here's some verses, and this too, um, I marked some that I can skip, which I will do, and there's still a lot. So I'm going to go pretty fast here. Psalm 111.10, 1, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom a good understanding have all those who do his commands. His praises endure forever. Psalm nineteen nine: the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and the righteous altogether. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the conclusion when all has been heard is, fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Proverbs 14.27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of death. Um, I'm going to skip a few of the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1.28 and 29, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they have, been know- uh, because they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Make special emphasis on that one because calling on the name of the Lord and you will be saved is a strong promise and a repeated promise. And yet here he's saying, but it won't work if you don't fear me. All right, Proverbs 2.5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. Psalm 33, 8, let the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. I want to hit on this one, too, because this uses that that method of talking where you repeat the same thing in different words to emphasize it. But the helpful thing is it gives us a one of the definitions uh, or one of the helpful to understanding the fear of the Lord, so let the earth fear the Lord, okay, and then let the inhabitants, right, same as the, the earth of the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, of the world, stand in awe of Him. So, being in awe of God is one of the aspects of fearing Him. All right, and a whole bunch of other great verses here. I'm going to move on down because we haven't even gotten, besides that, into what is the fear of the Lord. So here is kind of what I took from some others, put together myself, or uh, uh, adapted to what, what I thought fit that right. Having a deep respect, awe, and reverence of God's power and authority. The fear of the Lord. So just like the fear of man, it is, I am in his hands. It's recognizing, I am in his hands, and he has control, he has authority, he has power. Um, But I feel like that's one of those hard things wrestling with really getting a grasp on. So here's uh, just some other kind of one line explanations that, that help build on that. Being aware that you're in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. Being aware that God will hold you accountable for your actions, words, thoughts, and motives desiring to live in harmony with God's righteous standards, honoring God in all that you do, being in reverent awe to God's holiness, giving God complete reverence, honoring God as the God of great glory, majesty, purity, power, standing in awe of him, glorifying him, trusting him wholeheartedly. So fear of, um, yeah, I already said that. One of the differences, um, because it's true that we can be in someone else's power to some degree, right? There are people who have influence over our job, our living situation, um, over just, right? Every person has their own right, whether they choose to accept us or like us or anything else. The difference is when we recognize we are in God's hands, we fear him, we recognize his authority over all things. Then we realize that other person that we're affected by is in God's hands also. Okay. Right? And, and there's times, um, there's times that, that we're called into a situation where, these fears of man are going to come true. And God's saying, don't fear them because they only have influence over the body, not the soul. And if I probably jump ahead of myself because I have that verse here somewhere. Um, Okay. One of the things I wanted to point out the difference, and I think that's easy to... To miss when we think about fearing God um, we need to separate out God's love from God's approval and I, I've heard parents even put those together think they're the same thing with kids and they're not okay um, so does God approve of someone living in sin it's easy no, right? Now, does he love them? Romans five eight tells us that he demonstrates that he doesn't just say it. And if he said it, it would be enough because his words are true. But he demonstrates it. God demonstrates his own love, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you just over and over that verse. He demonstrates that. That's huge. He demonstrates what his love, this this desire for your good, this. Heart of a rescuer who wants to redeem you and bring you to himself. Um, how? You know, by chipping in a few bucks, by sending a few angels, they might die. By sending his own son. And in contemplating this a while back, um, not like I questioned Jesus' words in terms of thinking he's wrong, but questioned them in terms of, I don't think I fully understand. Jesus said, No greater love has any man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. And I just thought, well, I get that. That is, that is huge love. But God giving his son is way more. I'm far more likely to die for one of you than to give them my kids for one of you. That is a way greater love. So I know Jesus isn't telling non truth. So, what, what, what is this? And it occurred to me, it said, no greater love has any man. Maybe that's the greatest that we can achieve. But God had a greater love for you, for me, to give his own son. So, separate these ideas, approval and love. God loved us at our worst, when we were sinners, when we had no connection to him, when we were just rebellious traitors, okay? He loved us. He did not approve, okay? and as we we become his sons and daughters we we accept salvation we uh accept him as our lord we walk with him now we can't have approval and we can't have disapproval um son you just said something mean to someone i don't approve of that oh i repent i fix that i apologize i speak words of grace like you would do i approve of that right so so much of this fearing God is just seeking his approval instead of seeking others' approval. But I found that really hard when I started to stop and think about it. Do I daily look to God and say, am I making you smile? Is this, is this you and me hanging out time? Which I wanted to touch. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay, so get back to just a hair. Um, seeking God's approval, I wanted to, as I wrestled with thoughts, how do we do that? What does it look to seek God's approval? Um, have First uh, Thessalonians four one. Finally, then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you receive from His from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. Okay, thanks, Paul. Um, What's hard about Paul is he adds so many adjectives and things to help us understand more that we lose the main point he was saying, right? But sometimes we've got to cut down to the main point, and then we can add those things back in and get the fullness of what he's trying to tell us. So he said, we're going to exhort you, but by the way you're doing this good i'm just encouraging you to keep doing it and doing it some more right but doing what that you um that okay as you received because you were taught instruction instructed how to walk and please god okay we're gonna again act as you actually do uh and saying that you excel still more okay so that's really broken up so let me read it again finally then brethren we request and exhort you in the lord jesus that as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please god just as you actually do that you excel still more whoa okay so um shortly i referenced mm, i missed a reference in there Okay, I can't find it that fast. What he's what what he's exhorting in them, what he's encouraging them is that they loved one another, that they loved, that they showed Jesus's character to others. Certainly not perfectly, but they were growing in it. Um man, sorry, I meant to have the other side of that reference. Um now I'm scared of my next one. Okay, second Corinthians two five through nine therefore we also have our ambition whether at home or absent to be pleasing to him okay maybe i wasn't so much directing the um the how as the um showing that this is instruction from the lord that that we don't just live and maybe we are maybe we aren't we're instructed to walk in a way that we're pleasing to him um and seeing that, that there is another side to this, right? I said that we can please God, we cannot please God. Romans 8.8 8 says, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now it goes on to say, but you're in the flesh, or you're in the spirit and encouraging, but recognize that that there is this difference between love and and approval. Um Hebrews eleven six 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So we must believe, we must seek him while having faith in him and having faith that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Okay. So yeah, this, is continued to, um, wrestle with what does it look like to, to seek his face? What does it look like to figure out, am I pleasing him or am I pleasing myself or am I pleasing those around me or, or what am I doing? Um, I'm going to talk about some thoughts on that, but honestly, that's a place where I think it's best if we both, we all, we each wrestle with that and come to Him and say, "Is that my motive?" Because that's a good place to start. Is that my motive to please You, Lord? And if not, we need to repent of having another motive and look to Him. And then, um, then we start structuring what what things please Him, right? Because um, we we might expect Him to just tell us well this and this and this while we ignore his word telling us over and over and over what pleases him and we know we should know that how we treat others is one of those key areas right how we treat him that's what it boils down to what is the the greatest two commandments that you love the lord your god with all your heart and soul and might and strength sorry watch you that um and the second is like it that you love your neighbor as yourself that's his desire for you that's what pleases him interesting things you find out as a parent it's nice when people do things for you right like oh that that kind of edified me that was cool and when things do people do things good for your kids it's way more it's not a little bit more it's way more and that I think, is how God feels when we do something for someone else. He sees that in us. A, he's going, oh, my kid's starting to look like me. Good for him. And he's loving my other kid. I love that. So before getting into some other thoughts on growing in that, I was asking, what stops us? What stops us from looking to God for our approval to to having a fear of God or a fear of man? um and so a lack of faith and belief right that's one you ever think if some person were saying sitting here maybe encouraging you towards negative behavior or whatever else but but your kind of attention's on them that's kind of who you want to please and right here is jesus glorified lights coming off of him is it hard to not fear or please this person right it, like, it doesn't matter. And, and so one of the things that stop us is our focus on God, that he is real, that he is with us, that his eye is on us. So as we get into um, thoughts, that's going to be one of them. How do we keep our mind focused on him? And, and secondly, who's really a part of that, not knowing or deeply understanding his love for us and his ways. Because, see, one of the things I think surely everyone here has heard, but I'm going to say to you anyways, is God's love, right? And so we, we have heard about his love, and then we also hear that we should fear him. And sometimes we can't put these things together. And we go, uh, well, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm fearing God, and so I'm fearful. And that's not matching up with God loves me. And so here's the thing. They, they they go together. They God puts things together that we can't, right? Grace and justice do not go together. Right? One is pay for what you've done, that's justice. And one is letting you off of what you've done. That's unjustice. But only God found a way to put those together. By paying for himself. Justice was seen through Jesus, and we get grace. In the same way, this fear of God is put together with his love, and therefore, when we hear about his greatness and his strength and his power and how awesome and mighty he is, we should rejoice and just be warmed and filled. Why? Because it's like a, a, a child with their father. This is, this is the argument that every kid knows, This is how you get out of every situation. My dad's bigger than your dad. That's what we're facing here. He's our dad. It's great that he's bigger than greater than everybody else because he loves us. You see, this fear is this awe, reverence, knowledge that he is the most powerful. And you put that together with his love and there's nothing greater. If he loved us and he was the big wimp, that'd be nice, but we'd be in trouble. We go on a maybe an African safari and uh, we're out in the jungle and um, we've been talking at home about hippopotamuses because of the Hippopotamus Christmas song, but that's another story. There's a lot of things to be scared of in an African jungle, right? Lions and tigers might be a first thing that come to our mind, but I'm not sure if tigers are actually in Africa. But if we have this really, really nice guy guy, there's a guide, and he's taking us out, and he's just so soft-spoken and kind and wouldn't hurt a fly, and we get out there, and we find out, sure enough, he won't hurt a fly, and he will let anything happen, because when the animals come, he hides in the little cage, and we're on our own. This is not going to be good. On the other hand, if we've got Mr. Macho, and he's got scars on his arm from when he grabbed the lion by the tongue and couldn't bite him and you know, bull whip to chase off the other, right? Okay, we might be in a little better shape. Now, if he's just as rough with us, we're still in a bad case, and safari might be a bad idea, guys. But if this man is someone who can handle the animals like none other, but loves us deeply and cares for us and wants to see our best, and now we can be amongst the animals because he's there with us, that's this fear and love together in a very simple, simple way. So that's why the fear of the Lord should give us joy, should give us peace, when we recognize that we are his children and he loves us so desperately. So, I got help from the internet on some thoughts on how to grow in the fear of the Lord. Modified them and... Uh, a bit more made than my own. I say that, but I, I have a lot of practice to really make them my own. So meditate on and praise him for all his greatness, power, strength, and creation. I want to pause on the word meditate for a minute. We're not talking about Eastern mysticism type meditation. The word meditate is to to think on, consider, remember, chew on, take it apart, understand, remind yourself. I think remind yourself is one of the best uh, parts of meditate. Meditate on, remind yourself, and praise God for his greatness. Not just all the things he's done for us, he's worthy just because he's God, and we're his creation. I've been memorizing in Romans 9 right now, and um, and the, the verse. So, so I've given illustrations, or I've heard other people give illustrations to talk about, right, what about us versus ants, you know? But Paul uses a bigger separation. No, 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 no and still a living thing. No, the separation between us and God in power and greatness and ability is far greater than that. God, or uh, us and a lump of clay. We're more like a lump of clay. Just in the the gap between us, the mortal, and God, the immortal, us, the sinners, and God, the holy, um, uh, us, the creation, and him, the creator. Okay. So let's meditate and praise him for his greatness, power, strength, creation. Consider his holiness. How important is his holiness? I, because we're forgiven, it's so easy to lighten the, the depth there. But holiness was so important to him. Again, like I said before, what? He chipped in a few bucks to rescue us? The only way to rescue us was for Jesus to die. And he couldn't just go, oh, I accept you as, you know, guilty, but we're going to be good. No. Holiness is so important that Jesus died for holiness. Died for us, but he couldn't just take us as not holy. Meditate on and praise him for his character, his ways. Um, Anybody listening to this, hopefully everybody in here has a good idea. Anybody maybe that's... uh not so familiar with the church, but I bet, I bet not everyone in here has been to one of Tad's seminars on the Derekim or the long name of God or read his book. So please, please, that is a great place to go and meditate on God's character, who he said he is, not who people made up, not who we assigned to him. And so um you can get that in a mostly done version on the lostkeysproject.com or org.com. I always have a hard time with that. Lostkeysproject.com, there's a little tab up in the upper right. Click on Derekine. King. Okay, on to thoughts on helping us grow in the fear of the Lord. Spending time in the word. Prayer and worship. I'm going to pause here and go... Sometimes we get funny about how we take our time with the Lord in the morning. It's like, um, will he love me less? No, no, no. We talked about you can be the worst human being in the world and he loves you and he demonstrates that and he doesn't love you anymore. If you're the greatest performer or anything else, he loves you. That final, but I need that time with him. I need to be renewed. I need to abide I need to have my face looking to his face and say, "I care about what you want. I care about how you see me." It's one of the key things to that time in the in the word and time in in prayer. Um, one of the ways uh, I, I acknowledge him as more important than other things I have in my life. Um, it's one of the ways I fear him and. When we have an attitude of, of, oh, I do pretty good in five minutes. Um, no, you've, you've learned to breathe very little oxygen, and, and it looks like it. You can tell. So, okay. Being with other believers who take God seriously. That was the way it was worded in a in list that I borrowed from. And I went, hmm, take God Seriously. What would be another way to say that? Fear the Lord, right? Fearing the Lord is taking him seriously. Hearing a sermon or teaching, hopefully is helpful. Removing distractions. This has been something uh, for me in the last year. I realized there were things in my life that weren't necessarily bad of themselves, um, but they didn't keep my eyes on God. And I needed to fill those gap moments with looking to him. And so whether that's, um, you know, listening to a a book, a podcast, teaching, uh, working on my memory verses, kind of in little gaps throughout my day as I can, to to keep bringing that meditation back to him, Um, working on my memory throughout the, uh, my scripture memory throughout the day has been the best way I've found uh, to obey that command to meditate on God's word day and night i'm just repeating it in my head and head over and over and it's amazing the things that come out like i can be working on the same verse for some time and all of a sudden i realize "Ah, it says that okay abide in jesus and if we had a whole bunch more time we'd spend a bunch of time in john 15 um and uh first john is awesome there too but I say abide because the scripture uses that word a a lot. Um, We don't use that word in normal English the way it's meant in the Bible. Uh, So dwell is maybe a better... Thumbs up. I should have checked that one. You you like dwell for abide? (laughs) I got it. Yeah, okay. Um, Because in normal English, we would say, I won't abide by that rule, right? It's more like a recognition of things. We don't say... Um, you know, let, let's get together later and abide. What? You know, I, I think uh, Jericho and Michael might be abiding. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> no, live together. And there, there's some just kind of live life, do things together. And maybe may in a house, it may be the fact that you just kind of go about things together in your life. So um, we need to abide. We need to dwell with Jesus. We need to walk with him. And I think that's actually the summation of this whole concept. Stop having your eyes on people. Instead, have our eyes on Jesus. Abide with him. Walk with him. Um, But I could have just said that and been done, but I think that's that's such a concept itself that uh, we don't just go, oh, abide. Yep, I got it. Let's go on to the next thing. Alan picked some awesome songs for us this morning. Uh, He asked me what the topic was and and picked some things intentionally, right? We had, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. Over every problem, I speak Jesus. Over my family, I speak Jesus. It's that, that speaking of keeping my eyes on him and desiring his face, his reaction, his response. Um. I'm terrible about pulling up songs, but uh, fear. Um, fear is not my future. was the second one he played. It was awesome too. Um, and yet the very thing we've been talking about is fearing. We should fear. But again, it comes back to that that reverence of his greatness that we're not fearful of because we are sons and daughters. That that greatness is what protects us, guides us, um, and takes uh, us on. This is an interesting note. I'm hopefully it's not a completely different concept as I thought about fear. And so fear of man looks very different in different people, right? Men and women tend to face that in very different ways. Not completely There's crossover for sure. And each person, some different aspects A very common for, for men though, is being respected. We want respect. People will will kill over respect, um, and I had this thought come to me: there's no fear in being the least. And that's not a blanket all the way true, but when it comes to this this thought of of respect, if we make ourselves the least, there there's no problem. And will people accept me as the least? Oh, the people have no problem as seeing you as the least. Actually, they're probably going to raise you up. Um, And we can go over places in scripture, but I I don't want to derail the whole point. But sometimes what we need to do to not fear man is to put to death the very thing that we're risking losing. So in this area of respect, it is we need to put to death our need for that because that is just for our own glory. And our own glory is not looking to Jesus for his approval, for his glory. So take the same concept and apply it to many other places. Um, But I just want to really want to challenge you. Are you looking at God as truly the creator of the universe, your creator, or is he the little cross you put in your pocket? You know, um, I like this religion or this religion. Oh, this works for me. I'll take a little Jesus today. Or are you bowing down and saying you are the creator of all? What anybody else thinks doesn't matter. Only what you think. And if you would smile on me, that is all that matters to me. Are you looking like Jesus? Um, when, you know, it's your greatest hope that, that The father says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, On the Mount of Transfiguration, God says to him, um, sorry, my timer is distracting me. Um, God says to to Jesus, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We look to God for his approval and not for man. Um, So I guess I'm just going to wrap up in a word of prayer. Father, on just behalf of all of us, because I know I continually fail in, in putting you first and acknowledging just how great and wonderful and awesome and deserving you are, and, and I know my brothers and sisters here uh, fail at the same things, um, so Father, I pray that you would convict us first show us where we're doing this, show us where we're not putting you first, putting you on your proper throne in our hearts, bowing to you because you are Lord, but also comfort us and remind us how good and great your love is for us, that you would do so much for us, uh, that you would give so much of yourself for us. And with that just comes joy and peace, and and so often just tears of, of who am I, that you would love me so much. So convict us, Lord, comfort, and um, thank you so much for who you are. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.